We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality, lab-tested, hemp-based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last (laughs) few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning, a half a treat at night, and she loves them. They're delicious. She always barks for them. Uh, She's a, she's a, you know, my dog's a little dog. She's a mental patient, I like to say. She's a lovable mental patient. So she's always, she's always uh, stressed out, neurotic, just like me about something. But these, these make her chill. They calm her down. Uh, She does, obviously, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a lot of uh, discomfort uh, naturally. And these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a, you know, she's has a high quality of life because of uh, we take good care of her over here. And these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love guy provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products cap are THC free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know pancakes is always scared. Of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to the pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these. Look at that. Uh, I love they you have can enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www.gaiaprovides.com. And, and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you want to, you can get if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So guy provides. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 286. My name's Turner Sparks. 
And I am uh, Kaplan, Michael Kaplan. You got to wake up, Cap. It's 7.30, <laughs> I couldn't remember my name. I it's off to a great right start. Now. With you, no excuse. We normally I do these things in the morning. In Farsi. What? I like to do languages and I couldn't know. I didn't know how to say my name in Farsi, I realized. Oh, so. I Boom. see. You were trying to translate on the fly. I was trying to translate on the fly. We're going to ask our guest later how to say Michael in Farsi. So, so what that know. pause was, was you remembering that you didn't know the language of Farsi? <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. That's how my brain works. I think I know everything. I'm a blowhard. Yes. I think I know everything. And then I just remember, whoops. You didn't nope. take a semester oh, in college. I think that's what everyone does. You pick like a totally a language that you'll, I don't know. I lived, anyway. in, Iran, I, I lived in LA for a few months, a few years. So I thought <laughs> I knew it, but no. <laughs> you can find me at turnersparks.com. You can find me at Hyenas Comedy Club on November 5th with the great Andrew Eaton from the Political Orphanage podcast. He and I are co-headlining the bill out there. November 5th, go to turnersparks.com to get tickets now. We got to fill that room up. I cannot be performing for four people and my cousin in Texas or else no. that's a bad look. And he and, and, and he and I mean, he'll, he'll never perform with you again if you don't fill that room up. Well, that he better got... fill the room up. He's got a bigger <laughs> audience than I do. Anyway, it's election time on. in Texas. Who are we going to come to find out? Who's it going to be? We'll we'll do the <laughs> announcement there. Is it Beto or I don't even know who's Wait, is an election do. day you're performing. I don't know. November 5th, oh. maybe. Is it? <laughs> okay, great. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Sure. Let's just go with it. What Ted Cruz or Beto. <laughs> That's what we'll have. We will... <laughs> Whoever wins will be there. The one of the two of them. That's that's my guarantee. They'll be in the audience. That's how you find out who won. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on all social media platforms. I'm at Turner Sparks on Instagram. I put up new videos all the time. That's enough of that. Kaplan on the podcast today. We're talking about Iran. Iran. Iran is how it's pronounced. (laughs) Am I correct on that? I think it's Iran, but I don't know. I think you're incorrect. First question. Why well, are you asking me? Bush. I don't know how to say Oregon. They say Oregon. I mean, I first learn right, how to so say Oregon. It's it's a state <laughs> exactly. in your own country, and then we'll work on. No, if George Bush pronounced it Iran, then I'm going to go with he's wrong, and it's okay. pronounced Iran. Okay. And our guest is shaking her head. Yes, she'll be with us in just a minute, everybody. So we're talking about the the rev, is it the revolution, the right word, whatever it is. There's protests going protests. on in Iran. Big pro- biggest protests, yes. Yeah, we have Tisa Hami coming up in a bit. She's a, uh, a comedian and um, a whole lot more. We'll find out in just a minute, Kaplan. But before all that, we want you all to support us. We give you this show for free every single week. This is free. We don't charge anything for this. But we really don't. We're about to go out of business. Should we go? Should we go hard out? That if we're, you we're don't give us go money, we're, we're going we'll be out of over. I might it's not make end. it to, to uh, Fort Worth, Texas, in two weeks. We, this show might be over before then. But the way you can make sure it's not over is by going to Patreon.com/slash Lost in America and giving us money, whatever you want, five bucks a month if you like. If you think that five bucks a month keeps the lights on, it keeps us moving. But if so you think this is a I, good I just show, turn the light off. I just try to pull a thing and turn the light off, thinking it would go totally dark, but it didn't go dark. But that is exactly. That's what's going to happen. We are going to go broke. We're going to not give it a Oh, pay you were bills. just doing a bit. You were I trying to unplug a lamp your out thinking that I would go completely dark. I didn't realize there's another light on in this room. <laughs> Kaplan, may I remind you that 98% of our um, audience listens to this podcast well, in audio. Play the YouTubers. So. I'm a big YouTuber. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, five bucks a month if you like the show. That's what I think it is. If you're just a listener, if you throw it on, throw us five bucks a month. It keeps the lights on. It keeps everybody coming back. It keeps us be able to do this. If you love the show, if you're using it as water cooler talk at work, if you're going in and going, 
We tell our listeners, we say, don't say I heard this on a podcast. That's no. that's very 2018. That's no, we're giving this. You, we're teaching you things. You can pretend you learned it yourself. You say that my friend said and your friend yeah. is whoever our guest is. I have a friend in Iran is what you're going to be saying at work tomorrow. <laughs> and she was telling me it makes you sound much more cosmopolitan. If mm. you're doing that, 10 bucks a month, because this is yeah. your friend. You know, and if it's, if this is a, if it's your favorite show, 20, 50, a thousand dollars a month, we don't care what it is. Just give us money. Just give us something because otherwise uh, it's, it's over. We're going to stop. <laughs> we're going to stop bringing you this quality. I mean, I think people like the show we've got thousand. We're number, we're number six in France right now. Do you know that? In the, the stand-up comedy charts. Stand-up comedy podcast. In France. We need the French we're, people. Give us Franks or whatever you're these on. French these freeloaders. We're number one in Kenya right now. The number one podcast in Kenya on the stand-up pod. And yet we don't have any money for the show for that. So what is the Kenyan money. currency? Is it the, the Kenyan? I don't know. I don't know how to say my name in Farsi. I definitely don't know the Kenyan <laughs> currency. <laughs> Give us Kenyan money. Bitcoin. Yeah. Listen, Kenyan money, it, it, it's green it's too. Green. I, it, it's whatever. green. You I can think cash it's green. It. <laughs> All right, let's get on to today's show. We're talking yeah. about this uh, pro- the protests, the rising, growing, momentum-building protests in Iran. Kaplan, what do you know about what's going on in here besides the fact that you don't know how to pronounce the name of the country? You go I'm, first. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I know that uh, a Kurdish woman was taken in, was arrested by the morality police um, back in September, I believe. Are you asking me um, or are you for, telling me? No, I'm telling you because oh, she wasn't wearing like her, her job. <laughs> she wasn't wearing that's how I talk. She wasn't wearing her hijab. And um she got arrested and then a video circulated. I believe it was a video or a picture of her. She actually died in prison in custody. And that was just the thing that blew. I don't know if protests were, you know, there's a lot of bad things happening there. It's not the only thing, but that was the spark, I guess, as they say. And then protests have been going for weeks. Women have been in the streets burning hijabs, not wearing them chanting death to the dictator, all sorts of things. Uh, and they've cut the internet. So we don't even know a lot of what's going on, but it's, and, and, and they have protests. I know every once, every few years is protest there and it never seems to lead anywhere. As far as are you asking regime. me if it's leading anywhere? That, I'm, that I'm, I'm, not, I'm doing a little bit. So, well, I'm segueing. So, so I don't know if this is like something to get excited about that maybe there'll be a new regime in Iran, 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 wherever, um, or maybe they'll change the name. But yeah, that's 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 where we are right now. So, I and, think uh, uh, what you kind of glossed over was you said she died in custody. I think she got beaten to death. I don't think she just died. Well, yeah, I obviously she didn't just die of natural causes. They said she was natural causes. I know. Yeah, she was. I obviously beaten to death. Yes. What I read is that she was most likely beaten to death. I think you're right. The government said like, whoopsies, it was her time to go. Like she was 22 years old. We should say. Yeah. So it wasn't a whole day. Masa Amini. And yeah, she obviously, she died, and then, you know, and then there was this other thing where, so that sparked that kicked off the protests. Uh, it seems there seems to be some, maybe George Floyd parallels here a little bit to put it in American terms. Someone right. dying in the custody of the police. And <laughs> yeah. is that wrong? And then, uh, no, I mean, I guess that's the type of thing where, yeah, something happens. And, and then, um, and then, uh, but then there was that, that, uh, the climber who I was somewhere in Asia where they in Korea and she decided to climb without her hijab on. And then she disappeared. I don't know if she's real. I think she, she might've reappeared since then, but I'm not sure. 
Um, that's yeah, where we're so at. We're going to find like, out. I yeah. think you've asked all the right questions. Where is this going from here? Is it leading to anything? Uh, everybody, I want you to welcome our guest, Tisa Hami. She is a not only a stand-up comedian who was on the Coexist Comedy Tour with our good friend, uh, Keith Lowell Jensen, my friend in Sacramento. That's how I actually got introduced to her. Um, and she's she's a, she was born in Iran and has grew up here in the United States. And speaks up publicly a lot on um, kind of Middle Eastern issues, Iran issues. She's the founder and principal of Corsi Consulting. She smartly pivoted out of having to make all of her money off of stand-up comedy, as I do at Hyenas Comedy Club. Begging for a Patreon vote. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She smartly started a consulting firm, DEI Consulting and Training Firm. She's an investment banker, turned comedian, turned DEI consultant. You can find her at Corsi Consulting, K-O-R-S-I Consulting.com and on LinkedIn. Everybody, Tisa Hami, welcome to the show. How did we do in our synopsis of this uh, event? Thank you so much, Turner and Michael. That was a really good synopsis. I have some comments about your pronunciations. Mm. I have comments about the word Farsi, although it's not your fault. I fault the Iranians in the U.S. for that one. But yeah, let's let's get into it. How do you say Farsi? Ablin faults them too. So Farsi, you are being smart. (laughs) So Farsi is the word in Persian for Persian. So it's like if you and I were speaking English and we're like, oh yeah, I studied Espanol and then I I studied Francais (laughs) and then I studied Deutsch. I mean, and Turner like, thought no. it was Arabic. So, I mean, I, I listened ahead of him. But, yeah, yeah, definitely a different language than Arabic. But it's the word in Persian for Persian. Okay. But of mm. course, we have um, words in English for those languages. Sure. But the reason I think people, you know, do say it and think it makes them sound smart, I think it's the Iranians in the U.S. Yeah. have kind of pushed, oh, Farsi, oh, we're Persian. And we speak Farsi. And it's like, well, Persian is actually an ethnicity. Right. Persians make up about half of Iran's population. The other half are ethnic minorities, of which Mahsa Amini was one. Right. She's Kurdish. Yep. Um, mm. And so the language the is... <laughs> Kaplan was saying. <laughs> great starter. I thought Tisa, you got that right. Yeah. But yeah no, all that, the people I know in LA, story. they're a bunch of dopes. They, they taught me, of course, they taught me their own thing. All can, of my LA we, Persians. Well, and they people did it to hide. This was going back. I immigrated here in 1978 ah, when I was a kid. And people didn't want to be associated with Iran because of the hostage crisis and the takeover of the, of the US embassy in Tehran. So Iranians started calling themselves Persian to kind of get away from the name Iran. Mm. But I don't. I I I'm I don't I don't play that really. I, I'm just like, look, name it. You're Iranian. And maybe you're ethnically Persian, but don't don't hide away. You uh, know, to me it's like don't don't hide away. All right. So if I go to a Persian restaurant next time, I'm gonna say stop calling yourself a Persian restaurant. You should definitely do that. All right. It'll, it'll go see over like great. All right. So we've learned already that uh, Persian, no, what is it? Uh, uh, Farsi is Kaplan's. Well, we are a show that celebrates the blowhard in people, the people who like right. to go to that the was cocktail my, party. Be, be blowharding. So Kaplan was channeling our audience on that one. But okay. So this started what, about a month ago, this specific yeah. thing. <clears throat> It did. And it was exactly as as you said, that it started with uh, Masa Amini. She was walking through Tehran and got taken by the morality police and ended up dead. Uh, and people just said, and I, I do agree with that parallel with George Floyd, people just said, all right, that's it. It was sort of 
the last straw and it has started these protests that have gone on now for over a month and people are fed up and they're fed up with a lot, um, not just with how to dress, uh, but with the inflation in the country, with the Islamic regime, with having so much of their lives dictated to them. And they are out there on the streets. They're out there chanting from the rooftops every night. So it's it's amazing to see. And is this something it feels like much like I mean, if we're going to parallel to George Floyd, the George Floyd thing was not an isolated incident. It was like growing and growing and growing. And that was the straw that broke the back. Is it a similar thing there? Yeah, I would say so. So I remember when I, I, my, I've been on trips back to Iran. I've had very minor run-ins with the morality police. Um, When I was in my twenties and I went back, I I think they really target younger women. And I was very covered up because I wasn't there to mess anything up. I was there for maybe a few weeks at a time, but they just walk by you and they're like, "Uh, sister, fix your hijab. And they just tend to say it to women who are showing their hair a little bit and really to almost anyone who's young. So I would hear it. And one time she said it to me and I felt like a tap on my shoulder. And I realized she had like tapped me with her baton. Wow. And I was like, and really, I was like I said, I was covered up. And you so were wearing hijab. Most, yeah. Yeah. I mean, women have to wear hijab when you're out in public in Iran. And I was like, what is she doing? And yeah, she had tapped me with her baton. That's the worst I ever had. Um, but certainly we have heard really, obviously, terrible things. And are the and morality... Also, she was wearing her, hers right. Yeah, sorry. Are the morality that... police... Are they everywhere? Or like, how, how common is it to see them if you're walking around? It's pretty common. They're okay. roaming the streets looking for this sort of thing. And that's their only job. They're not also regular police. They're a separate force yeah, from the regular branch. Yeah. Wow. Law and order morality police. And she was so she was wearing her hijab, right? She wasn't wearing she it correctly. She was wearing it. And I don't even know that she was wearing it incorrectly. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've seen an image of her at that moment. I don't know that there is one. But reports are that she was always she, she was always, you know, had presentable hijab and that for whatever reason, like I said, when I was there, I saw them targeting the younger women, just sort of automatically being like, sister, fix your hijab. So it may be that something like that happened with her. And then she maybe, you know, who knows what happened from there that it escalated and they dragged her away. And you see them, you see the vans, you see the girls getting thrown in the vans when you're there oh. and they just get. So you've seen away. people just taken off the street into a van. Yep. Right. And is this and big the, cities? Everywhere. Big cities, small cities. It ha- yeah, I've seen it. Okay. And and, and same with anybody who, who's an enemy of the regime, basically, or anybody who's, right? I mean, they could all be taken away. There, like, I, I don't, I, there's sort of the morality police versus the other forces. Right. I don't, I, I can't speak to all the distinctions there, but the morality police are looking for things like how the women are dressed. If you're a man and a woman walking together, are you related? Are you supposed to, is it okay for you to be in public together? Is it not? Um, so I remember like my cousins would get their stories straight. Um, you know, like we're cousins. It's okay that we're out in public together. So a boy um, and a girl like can't be hanging out unless they're married. Right. Or yeah. Or, or related. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think some of that eased up in more recent years, but you, you just never know. So people before they go out, kind of get their story straight in case the morality police stop them. 
What other things are the morality police looking out for besides the hijab and that that you can think Those of? are the two I'm most familiar with is okay. mixing genders and and how women are dressed. Okay. And homosexuality is probably not a big <laughs> probably not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember uh President Ahmadinejad when he was president famously said there are no gays in Iran. Right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, zero yeah. percent. <laughs> yeah, we actually had a whole comedy show around that um, in San Francisco with some gay Iranian comedians. Um, yeah, and I th- think we called it "There Are No Gays in Iran," and we had like LGBT performers and allies on that show. But yeah, it came from his saying, which got laughed out around the world. And Iran famously is uh, very progressive, and they have uh, the government pays for gender surgery, right? Because- it does. So it has like these things where it will pay for yeah it's basically to avoid death penalty right if you're gay you can become a woman and not is that how it works or yeah so it does that and it kind of i i've also struggled with how does that fit in with everything else that the regime is doing i don't really have an answer um but as (laughs) it's not really progressive i'm new to this information (laughs) yeah Can you say it again? The Iranian government will pay for uh, gender. Um, well, I don't know. Gender affirming well, surgery. If you're Got gay, it. right? Yeah. It's like instead of the death penalty, you could also just become a woman, right? Is that that's like what, a if you're a man? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, maybe that's the thinking. I you know I've never I, figured that's out. That's I understand it behind yeah. it, but they will cover gender affirming right. surgery. But it's like I don't know sort what they're mandatory. calling it gender affirming yeah. surgery. Yeah. Call yeah. What else. we call it's it? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a loophole. So uh, I think I had heard it. Am I getting the country wrong? But I, I think I read, and I've always kind of heard that Iran, Iran is one of the more like open of the societies. It's kind of that thing, like it's not what you think it is. Go there and you'll see. And it's actually like cool and everybody hangs out. And it 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 gave me this almost like a like a tur like a, a turkey like 10 years ago vibe is what I had heard. But am I off base? Am I thinking of something else? So I would say definitely there are differences in the region about which countries are more strict or less strict and how the women have to dress. Like in Iran, you have to wear the hijab, which is basically the women have to wear a headscarf and a long coat um, to cover themselves. Now you see the women with headscarves that are, well, now they're taking them off, um, but that were sort of halfway on their heads, just barely hanging on with... um, little pins, little hairpins, and you would see sort of the bangs and everything out. Um, You would see women wearing shorter and shorter coats, but officially it's supposed to be the hair is covered and the body is supposed to be sort of loose fitting clothing. Whereas for example, in Saudi Arabia, women are wearing, um, oh my gosh, now I'm going to forget the word, but the one where your face is covered. The burqa? Is it like the full burqa? Burqa is Afghanistan. uh, I think it's Nahab for Saudi Arabia, where there's a face covering and there's just sort of a mesh part around the eyes so that they can see out. Um, And so, you know, Iranian women will sometimes look at Saudi women and go, wow, that's that's something. Yeah, the Saudi um, is like the N95 mask, and then the Iranians <laughs> are like the, 
more loose fitting, like hanging off the nose. Come on. Yeah. You know, so there are these variations the in the region. Yeah. Afghanistan. I think the burqa is no longer required because I see Afghan women showing their face, but there are these differences. Uh, Saudi women, I think until reasonably recently, weren't allowed to drive. Um, right. They just changed. Iranian that. women were allowed to drive. So okay. there are these regional so, differences, but maybe Iran's sort of just, relatively saw, more progressive in certain areas. I saw they just let Iranian women go to soccer games. They just allowed that. They weren't allowing them in the stadiums. Women are still not allowed to perform in public. So can't do stand-up comedy, ladies. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, that was a question. Maybe that'll change. Do they have stand-up comedy? Do they have stand-up comedy there at all? Do you know? They have like comic comedian, what's it called? Like comic actors. Okay. Um, So they have you know, TV shows and comic actors. I don't know that they have women now. There's no tradition of stand-up comedy, I don't think. Um, I'm, look, eventually it's all going to change. We'll all go do, you know, the Laugh Factory in Tehran. <laughs> It'll be amazing. We'll be doing bringers at the Laugh Factory around. We'll have bringer shows in Shiraz. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be amazing. That's Can't the wait. goal. That's the goal when any when you talk about regime, when George W. Bush and everyone talks about regime change, that's the goal right there. Right. Bring one of you and, uh, the Iron <laughs> Sheet Comedy Club. Why. To drink the minimum, because right now you can't have alcohol. Oh my God! Legally, it's much harder to be funny when the guests nobody gives a alcohol. Exactly. Try to be funny when there's no alcohol. Exactly. That's a challenge. (laughs) That's the highest form. Was it comedy uh, before the revolution? Was that something that existed before? Yeah, I I still don't know. I don't think there was stand-up comedy, but there were like comedy shows and comic actors, things like, like that. Why did your family? Um, come to the United States? Yes. So we came in 1978 because my parents were graduate students and they got scholarships to study abroad. So this was their study abroad. Good timing. Um, They got scholarships to schools in Boston. And while they were on their study abroad, a revolution happened and Saddam Hussein invaded Iran and a war broke out. And so it was chaos. There was all this bad stuff going on. Um, and the relatives said, look, people are trying to get out. If you're already out, stay out. So we stayed out. We, we were basically accidental immigrants. We just happened to be on a study abroad while all this happened. Wow. So they were on student visas, basically. They were on student visas. Yep. And you were born for their education was being covered by the Iranian government. So actually, they may technically still owe a debt to the Iranian government. The student debt. I think those have been forgiven. They should forgive the debt if they want to get the people back in the side. Yeah, it's a big topic around the world. (laughs) Biden forgives that. You hold. Yeah, exactly. How old Um, were you when this happened? Were you like, yeah, do you remember? I was five when we moved here. Oh. So I was young and I like remember being a little kid watching like the hostage crisis on TV and I didn't really understand, but I understood everyone was angry. And soon after I understood that Americans really hated us, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I didn't really understand, but you know, you understand it and however you do. So I may laugh about it now. I may have built part of my comedy career around it, but it was actually a really hard upbringing and it was a hard time to be Iranian. And I wasn't in Tehrandalus where there was a big community. We were in Boston and there were, weren't many Iranians here. There still aren't. Um, but certainly not in the late seventies and eighties. We were like in my town, there were two other Iranians, my mom and my dad. And that was it. Tehrandalus. I like that. I never heard that before. When I- <laughs> yeah. 
it's what they call, I think it's Westwood. There's so yeah. many Iranians. What do they call it? Tehrangelis. Oh, like Los, for Los Angeles? Kind There's of? so many yeah. in LA. There's like, that's where I, yeah. In yeah, New York, has, biggest, Long Island has a lot. the biggest but, Iranian yeah. community outside of Iran. It's in Los Angeles. There's, I don't know any Iranian comedians in New York, uh, but I was talking to a friend in LA. He's like, I know like a hundred. I was talking to Ruben yeah. Paul. He's like, I know a million comedians. Oh, okay. Like Maz Jabrani is, fa- is famously Maz, Iranian. Maz, right? yep. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it does seem like it's a bigger community in LA. So what was Iran like before, before that, like seventies going backwards, it was a pretty, pretty free open society. Is that correct? Um, it's it, d- d- depending on how you define those terms. So okay. I'm going to go back a little bit more, mm-hmm. just a little bit to the 1930s. Yeah. And back then, a lot of women did veil traditionally. And I think it was Reza Shah. He was the, the king of, of Iran at the time, king of Persia. And he wanted to westernize the country. And he actually had forced unveiling. So his troops would go around and literally pull veils off of women in the streets. The unmorality police. The unmorality police. (laughs) And so we went from pulling hijab off of women in the 1930s, which I, you know, I disagree with that too. Yeah, to now forcing them to wear it after the Iranian Revolution of 1979, and I think it was around 1982 that the forced veil came back. So what is going on? Why does this matter so much? And really, obviously, what matters is controlling women, controlling women's appearances, um, taking away women's rights. But to have this whole thing about forced unveiling, forced veiling, and I will add in the middle for folks who aren't aware, um, and with the U.S. and it's all its talks of exporting democracy and bringing freedom to the world and all that We did have a coup, Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. In, in 1953, in Iran, there was a democra- democratically elected leader, and that was not in the interest of the U.S. Socialist, and the CIA right? overthrew the democratically elected leader of Iran and installed the Shah, who was a terrible dictator. The so Shah, the Shah was the son because the King Shah before, and then it was the yeah. I think he was the son, yeah. and he was in power until he got overthrown, and then in, in the 1979 revolution. So the 1979 revolution overthrew the monarchy. But we've had these Western interventions, this whole thing about veiling. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird. So you got to figure why, why all of this about veiling. But again, it's not just about the veil; it's about everything that that symbolizes and that goes along with that. Yeah. And so then I guess coming up to the recent past, there was protests in 2011, 2012, and then again, 2017 to 18, 19, somewhere in that range. And then again, now, uh, as Kaplan mentioned earlier, the last two didn't lead to much change. Where does it kind of stand with this one? I mean, I know it's impossible to tell the future, but what's the difference between this one and those ones? Yeah. What I'm hearing from relatives, what I'm hearing in news reports is people are just completely fed up. I think another thing is that inflation is so high. The economic situation is so bad. Um, Sanctions have hurt so much, but this is not to say I am not pro-sanctions. I am anti-sanctions ever, pretty much. Um, 
But people are so economically squeezed and they see that they're not going to get reform in this regime. They're not going to get a better life under this regime. And so it has to be overthrown. Uh, Mahsa Amini was sort of like the final straw, I think, in this. And so many, and we'll never know the real number, I don't think. Um, so many have been killed since Mahsa. And I want to emphasize, um, because I think Iranians who are ethnic minorities have wanted Persians to speak out on the fact that it's ethnic minorities who are being targeted much more harshly within Iran. Mm. Um, so again, the parallels to the U.S. and people of color who are targeted more so than white folks, that it, the Kurds, uh, the Azeris, they have been targeted um, much more violently than the Persian community, although they also have been a target. And 272 people have died officially, but it could officially. be... Officially. Yeah, yeah. And so we know the we know the real number must be much higher. And the amount of people who've gone to, to prisons that we don't even, you know, so we, who knows. Yeah. That that's a, who we will probably never know. Yeah. Are the Persians um, supporting? You said that they're hoping to get the support from the Persian class, but I mean, the, are the Persians jumping in and supporting the revolution or... I mean, or what are this is protest? Yeah, I mean, I think people of all ethnicities, from what I'm hearing, are out in the streets. Yeah. Um, I think what we're hearing from the diaspora, who are part of the ethnic minorities uh, of Iran, are say they're saying, "Look, all of you Iranian Americans outside of Iran, you need to also be talking about how it's the ethnic minorities within Iran who are getting the harsher treatment." during these protests than um, the Persian communities are. So I definitely want to get that word out. Is there anywhere the diasporas, is, are they funding or sending money in or any organization? I mean, what can be done to help? Yeah, you know, I've been wondering that too. What can we do? And the information is really confusing. And what I've been seeing recently, and I don't like to see it, is there's a lot of infighting among the diaspora. There seems to be some attempt at a power grab. I think there's this question of who's going to get power next if the regime gets overthrown. Oh wow! And so I don't even want to name the organizations. I, I know some of the names, but there's all this infighting with them right now. Um, so it's actually hard to know where to give to. I think the things are to Tell your Congress people that this issue matters to you. Um, always end sanctions. I'm always about ending sa sanctions. And also continue to tell the media, the big organizations that you want to hear about Iran so it doesn't fall off the headlines. You know, there's a point where stuff isn't maybe new anymore, but it's still happening. Yeah. So just keeping it in the news, keeping it on people's mind, posting about it. Um, even if you're not, or especially if you're not Iranian, um, posting about it so that people in your uh, networks are aware of what's going on and basing, basically keeping it top of mind for people. So you said something interesting that there's a, it, there might be a power grab or there, it seems like people are angling to take over once this falls down, which makes it seem like there's legitimate oh. thought that, that it might actually get overthrown. What would that even look like? Because I know the I don't is there one Ayatollah right now, or are there like a lot of Ayatollahs? I'm trying there's to been research a lot of it. Them Wasn't yeah. there there used to be one, right? And now there's well, we a bunch. Want, we want to get a fatwa from one of them. And is us. the Ayatollah <laughs> yeah, which one hates Solomon Rushdie is number one. But then is the Ayatollah <laughs> in charge or is the president in charge? Like who Wait, if it's Khomeini an overthrow, who is, even is getting overthrown? 
Yes. Yeah, right. So the number one person in the country is the supreme leader, right. which yeah. is Ali Khamenei. Is so that the Ayatollah? He's the one in charge. Or am I asking? This is stupid. He's an Ayatollah. He's an Ayatollah. There's he more than an one Ayatollah. Ayatollah. He's the supreme is one. Like, it's a term. Like, I, like, I, I like the grand cardinal. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever. Pope. Got it. Maybe he's like, like the Pope. Pope. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to my Christian knowledge, which okay. Cardinal be makes sense because there's a number of those. Right? There's a number of cardinals and bishops. Okay. So there's like the Ayatollah, although there may be more than one. I'm so embarrassed. Then there are a lot of mullahs. Mm. Got it. How do you go from mullah to Ayatollah? What's the process? Well, it seems like a lot. So like, <laughs> it's like boxing. There used to be one heavyweight champion, yeah, and now there's one different like every weight IBF, class. So it's WBA. like Ayatollah between 155 and 165 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the supreme leader is the heavyweight. They all have the different That's belts. The they yeah. all like yeah. the, the, the supreme leader. leader is the heavyweight champion of yeah. of the Islamic Republic. Yeah. He's the Mike so Tyson. He wins, okay. and he's number one, and he outranks the president, who is number two. So, um, so he, the, president, so he's the president. He's the one who gives the marching orders to the president. Yeah. The president doesn't go against them on anything. Important. Exactly. So the president is after the supreme leader, and if you go into any official government building in Iran, if you go into any school, even offices, you will see two portraits on the wall. One is of Ayatollah Khomeini, who died in 1989, but he was the big one. Uh, came God into bless. power after the monarchy fell. And then Ayatollah Khamenei. So Khomeini, Khamenei. It's very confusing. Not okay. to be confused, I know. Um, but though you'll you will see their two portraits in every like public kind of building in Iran. And we see now like girls going into their schools and tearing down those portraits Whoa. as part oh, wow. of these protests. Wow. Which is a big, like big, bold, risky the morality movie. police don't like, don't like <laughs> they they frown upon the morality that. police doesn't want you messing with Khamenei. <laughs> that gives you a tap, you get you a tap on the shoulder. You, you get you get more there. than the tap off the baton. You, Okay, so the the Ayatollah or the the guys the Khamenei guys you just mentioned are they elected or they're religiously appointed? They're okay. not elected. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, they're appointed through I I don't even know. But that's the president, he's the been process. there a long time. Okay. Um. So I Supreme I, I, I don't I, I don't know. I, um. But I the remember president the guy in the eighties. Yeah. Sorry, Cap. The president no, was, is yeah. theoretically elected, correct? Yeah, the president is like elected, but it's there's all you know charges of corruption around these elections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's but only certain people who are allowed to run, right? We, like the you I know. Yeah, so it's not like the Ayatollah so, decides who gets to run, right? Is that how it works? Is there? That, there are. The, I don't know the exact things, but I know it's not like. Where we where we think of like a democracy and any citizen can run and you, you know yeah. vote everyone get out the vote it's not like that it's much rock it's the much vote there's no MTV <laughs> Iran doing rock the yeah. vote <laughs> rock the vote yeah I know that'd be cool someday <laughs> so Ahmadinejad the guy we all for some reason he's the one who made the most headlines in the U S his hands he would go to the U N and talk really extra crazy. Like I think he would that's take why death to America up because everybody Jews. says death to America, death to Israel. Yeah, but he really went. Yeah, he doubled down the Holocaust. He said death he go back to and forth between that didn't happen to being not good enough. I don't know. Oh, he said the Holocaust. Didn't, oh, yeah, the Holocaust was, didn't go far enough. He said death specifically to Mike Kaplan. I think I remember he Somewhere. did. He came after me specifically. He called out people by enemy name. of the pod. So. He said some bad things. He's also the one who said that there are no gays in Iran. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, classic. 
that that kind of thing. So yeah, he said a lot Shock of things. Jack. People had a lot of comments about how he dressed. And I cannot believe I don't I don't want to defend Ahmadinejad, <laughs> but I will say the sort of suit and tie look in Iran is considered like a Western thing. Right. And so for him to not have a suit and tie was sort of like, no, I am dressing in the, you know, way of my people kind of thing. So again, I, don't, I kind of don't want to defend the guy. He's a but snappy dresser. We can say, I mean, his... everybody's got one positive quality. Yeah, you know, Hugo Boss made the Nazi uniforms, didn't they? Yeah. Hitler wore a great <laughs> coat. No. <laughs> um, we got to say on that note, wait, Cap, we got to stop. We got to take a break. We got to right, now yeah. after we praised. Let's <laughs> <laughs> fall fashion. The worst people. <laughs> We're praising fall fashion. Uh <laughs> We're part of the World's Smartest Podcast Network. That's clearly us. Um, that's also the Political Orbitage with Andrew Eaton. And it is the uh, Majoring in Everything podcast with Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy. Uh, you can get all of those at worldsmartestpodcastnetwork.com. And also, everybody, for $20 a month, you can get your ad. This would this would be playing your ad. We'd be playing your ad right now on this podcast. If you go to patreon.com slash patreon.com slash lost America for all of our listeners. Listen, if the corporations come in, we charge them much more. But for our listeners, $20 a month, you get your own ad. <laughs> if you want to praise uh, if you want to praise any dictator's fashion choices, we will do it for $20 a month. Once a month. Only once, <laughs> once a month. month. <laughs> and Kevin, don't we have an ad? Don't we have a, a review, an iTunes review we should read? Oh yeah, we did have, we forgot about that at the top. We have an iTunes review. Uh, thank you very much. The it's from a uh, Jared S G J. Thank you, Jared. And he gives us five stars and this is a great review. It's short and to the point. He says they asked for a review. They asked for a review. So here you go. Five stars. So we'll simple. take it. We'll take it. Listen, give us as iTunes long as it's five stars. Who cares what they say? You're right. Give us a bad review, but give us five stars. We'll yeah. take that too. There's also a review I got to read. Tug well, reviewed my comedy album, I think, a couple days ago. And I don't have the review in front of me, so I'll save it for next week. But let me just say it's something similar. It's like, this guy's pretty funny. Not the best, but he's not the worst. <laughs> but then okay. it's five stars. Oh, that's a- <laughs> so I'm like, I'll take it. Who cares? Take it. Um, all right. So, uh, oh, and now a, a word from your local sponsor. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you, local sponsors. You're the ones keeping these lights on. Yes. Because these other people aren't kicking in money. No, they're not. Bunch of cheapskates. So we've got to sell out <laughs> to the sponsors. Anyway, we're back. And um, so it looks like I think something I was reading that like a high percentage of the people protesting are, or maybe the median age of the people protesting. First of all, it's a lot of mostly women. And then it's the median age is 15 or 16 or something like that. Is there a reason why this is um, striking a chord more or with young women, or is it that young women are more less fearful or something, or is there something recently in the recent history that's happened that would make this generation go after this more? I imagine it's a combination of all of those things. And I think part of it is also they don't see the revolution as their revolution. They were born not just after it, but long after it. And I'm talking about the 1979 revolution. They're basically trying to 
fix what their parents and grandparents kind of messed up. And so they're, they don't identify with this. Certainly this generation has access to the outside world in a way that previous generations never did through social media. They see Instagram, they have all of that. They see how their counterparts are living around the world. And it's like, why do I have to go up covered up every day? They, there are girls who, all of these girls, they haven't been out in public with their hair showing ever. Imagine that. Yeah. They have not been able to go swimming at the beach except in the covered separate women's section. Mm. There are so many things they haven't been able to do. And I think with more access to everything that they're seeing around the world, it's like enough already. And yeah, I think there is something to being particularly daring when you're young. And yeah, that really didn't not identifying at all with that revolution that is now a really long time ago, 43 years. That was the boomers revolution. Like the boomers screwed up this country, but not like Iran, they really screwed up the country. <laughs> I mean, we, we had the eighties are a little annoying and a little bit of excess, but not like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. I never thought about it that way, but that's, uh, that's crazy that, yeah. Never, yeah. never shown your hair. Yeah, and never. is there, could the, is there any world where the Supreme leader and, um, the president and whoever's in charge just said, okay, okay, fine. We give up. You guys take <laughs> off the hijab but just let us stay in power. Let's, let's keep, everything else goes back to normal. Is there, is that an option? I think it might've been, um, you know, a, a handful of years ago, like, you know, okay, we'll do reforms within our existing regime. We'll get, we'll, we'll give you this. Yeah. I think at this point, people are just like, get out of here. They want to see the Islamic regime out. Um, and who could blame them? It's been really terrible, uh, particularly with inflation, the cost of living, everything going up. Again, I think that has motivated the young people also. Uh, I remember when I was in Iran and last time I was there was nine years ago. You would get one item like my cousin got aspirin or something from the drugstore and it literally had like five different price tags on it because they kept changing the price every day or two. And we just like peeled back all the different price tags to see what the original had been. And it had almost doubled. Wow. Days. And that was nine years ago before the worldwide inflation yeah. problem, which obviously makes their situation much, much worse. Exactly. So this is the kind of thing we're seeing. People are fed up. I don't think incremental kind of reforms are going to satisfy people at this point. And they don't, I mean, and this country's isolated. I mean, you know, even within the, the Middle East, there's like the Saudi Arabia block of countries that are all terrified of Iran getting the nuclear weapons. So they're, I mean, they're allies with Israel because they don't want to be, they want to go against Iran. Iran, you know, they're allies with Russia now, you know, it's in China, but it's not. Wait, I don't Cap, think the, is that why that. all these countries, these smaller countries made all these like allyships with Israel that's, over the past couple that's of years? That's the real reason. Yeah. As a Zionist on the program, I'll talk to that. <laughs> Trump told no, me it was because of him. It was because of Trump. Obviously, he makes deals. But yeah, the real reason is, yeah, I think a lot of these countries, they, they hate Iran more than they hated Israel. So they're like, well, we'd rather be on your side. So that's it's just like this block. It's Saudi Arabia block. And a lot of those countries aren't great either. But um, so, yeah, it's very it, it, what would happen if the regime fell Would that all like come out of that whole 
coalitions coalitions changed and everything or what? Yeah, I mean, who knows? The, the Middle East has a complicated history. It has a long history. There are these, you know, like if you talk to people like my dad, they're still mad about the Arab invasion of 1400 years ago into Iran. You know, wow. they're still mad about <laughs> that. Back. They're like, we used to be Zoroastrians oh. and then the Arabs came in with Islam. You know, the, the People oh, wow. still talk like my dad. Well, you're, you is know, your parents, so, is there, is there a, how do you pronounce it? Is there a station? Or how do you, I'm sorry. I know the religion. I just don't know how to pronounce the name properly. Say that uh, again. How do you pronounce it again? Zora, uh, Zoroastrian. Is that your, your ethnicity so or your family? That's the way. Uh, so my family is sort of a moderate Muslim, I would say. Okay. But pre-Islam, before oh, Islam came okay. in to Iran, and it was the Arab invasions that brought it in around 1400 years ago. Iran was a Zoroastrian uh, society. That was that was the religion. Um, but then the Arab invasions brought Islam. And there's still a small percentage, right? Yeah, there's still... one guy, that's how you bring it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually the biggest Iranian holiday of the year, which is the Iranian New Year, is the first day of spring. It's still a traditional Zoroastrian holiday that's celebrated. And Iranian, the Iranian calendar is built around, basically, it's a solar calendar. The Arab calendar is a lunar calendar. But Iran's calendar is solar. It's built around the seasons, which is very much in sort of the Zoroastrian nature cycle tradition. Um, so, yeah, all, all of that. And I'm trying to think, oh, I was saying how, yeah, there's still traditionalists in the society who are mad about the Arab invasions. These are there are long histories in the region between the Arabs and the Persians, the Arabs and the Jews, the Persians and the Jews. Although you can be uh, right, there used know, to be a lot of Jews in Iran Jewish. many years ago. I mean, that's where a lot of right. LA exactly, and, yeah. exactly, and in some some cities still, and yeah, a religious minority in the country, and obviously many have left because of the Islamic Republic. Um, Ten left, but yeah, it's <laughs> we Iran does have its ethnic minorities, its religious minorities. Very hard place to be that we see, unfortunately, religious minorities being rounded up, persecuted, imprisoned just for practicing their faith. There is not freedom of religion. Do you, do you still have family there? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Everyone, my parents are here. My sister was born here. She's the only real American. Um, and everyone else is in Iran. And can you communicate with them right now? Or they can't even, they don't have, is everything? I mean, cut? I see them on Instagram. They're, you know, oh, I, I, I'm like, so no, their look. internet's working because we, yeah, read they some find their VPNs. VPN. I mean, ah, maybe okay. some asks, some things are maybe blocked, but they're finding VPNs to be on Instagram because I see them daily. Um, I'm on Twitter a lot where, which is where I see a lot of the first person videos that folks are posting from Iran. So people are finding VPNs. They're finding connections. I think it's not as easy as before, but they're still finding ways. And there they, are they talking freely about all everything that's going on? Or is it this idea that, that you're afraid of getting taken away in a van? I, I think some of everything. Okay. I think people are more emboldened than before because the numbers are just so big this time. I yeah. know certainly there are people who are still hesitant and don't want anyone showing up at the door. Um, people are shouting from their rooftops nightly, which we also saw in the 2009, 2010 protests. Um, so I think there's a whole range, but I mean, the, the level that people are emboldened and how brave they are to go out night after night, knowing the possible consequences is just amazing. I've seen the tear, I was reading the tear gas is so bad in some areas that like basically the stray cats are all like bugging out and everyone's mm. like, they're just like, it's crazy the amount of tear gas they're using. And just so even the people who aren't killed are just getting 
Yeah, they're yeah. The police are not holding back. It yeah. seems it's, they, it's any patience bad. they had is gone. Is that bad? <laughs> yeah, so, it's yeah. bad. It seems like there's the police, and then there's the I don't know how to pronounce this. B a s i j Bazij. Basij, yeah. Which is like the police, but they specifically answer to the Supreme Leader. Is that correct? So I would say I I don't I know there are different police forces like the morality police, the sort of regular like traffic okay. police. Yeah. There's different police forces. Um, I want to say during the Shaw's time, definitely there was a secret police. I think there's still some form of that. Um, so there's different kinds of police forces. I will say I don't have the expertise in it, but yeah. there it, you 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 don't always know because even some of the footage I'm seeing now, where it's like the police took this person away, it's like someone not uniformed. It's not mm. a marked right. car. You're just like, what is going on? It's a but kidnapping. No, yeah. that's the police. Yeah, they just kind of know. Yeah, and uh, I did. I also read that oil workers have been on strike in the country. That to me seems like something that legitimately could lead to change. Where oil's the you know, a lot economy. of times you think like, well, a million people in the street, that's going to cause change. But almost we we've all lived through these a million people in the street things and nothing ever, nothing changed, not nothing ever, but a lot of times nothing changes. But a real world issue for them is if no one, if the oil workers aren't working, that can move Absolutely. stuff quickly. Absolutely. And that was a big uh, part of the last revolution was when the oil workers uh, stopped working. They, okay. Things just changed in a very different way because, yeah, if, if that's what runs the economy, if that's where the money is coming and those folks stop working, I agree with you. That's a different kind of change, uh, you know, for better or for worse than a million people showing up every day in the streets. Yeah. The sanctions affect like the United States doesn't, we don't buy oil, I believe from Iran. Right. But they're still selling it to all sorts of other countries in the world, like Russia and China. And so that's yeah. the economy, right? That's the number one. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I would say, I don't, I'm not sure of the details of the sanctions, but I know it has really squeezed things terribly. Um, even when I was there nine years ago and things have gotten worse, like my grandmother was sick she was in the hospital. We couldn't get drugs. Like they just didn't have drugs at the hospital, even though there's supposed to be a medical exemption to the sanctions. There wasn't, I mean, right. not in practicality, there wasn't, you couldn't get basic things. Like we had to drive around to different drugstores to get her the most basic things instead of the hospital having them. Um, so it's been terrible. That's why no matter what I'm anti-sanction, because yeah, sanctions ever. always punish, the, they don't punish it's, the yeah, leaders. It pun punish yeah, the people. The, you, you think yeah. the supreme leader is not he's getting that medicine? Aspirin? Yeah, he's yeah, doing he's, fine. Yeah, but yeah, it's the regular people who get squeezed. It's never the people in power. The elite will always find what they need. Um, but yeah, this has all really, you know, pushed people to a point where it's they are showing up uh, and being so brave night after night after night. It seems like, isn't that the idea of sanctions though? They're supposed to basically piss the average person off into this. Is, I mean, all theoretically, this is all theory that while well, the average person gets pissed, if they all get pissed, then they won't stand up for it anymore. And then the whole, everything will change. But yeah, I mean, yeah. at what cost it's been We're years so and years Cuba. and decades, you know, <laughs> how many years, how many lives have, has that cost for the potential to maybe some way, someday, decades later, yeah. have a shift. Have has it ever been up. successful? Have sanctions ever worked? 
I mean, not really. They've never overthrown a government. Yeah. I can't think of. I don't know if the answer to that, but I mean, yeah. the obvious, as you said, power. Cap, yeah. the obvious worst example, the worst uh, Cuba was like the worst case. Yeah. It literally did nothing forever. I mean, we uh, had sanctions with Iraq. And it starved it, but again, if we didn't have a war, Saddam Hussein would have stayed in power. Even with the I mean, they're in did. Russia right now, and it's it's hard to say if it's doing anything. And they or have not. oil too, so they have yeah, and they have people to sell it to. So well, people are leaving the country. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's ever led to a regime change. That's the, and that's yeah, the issue. I like I don't and know. I feel like if if it had, we we would all know it. Like, hey, sanctions worked in blank whatever yeah. country and we would all learn that in eighth grade the falcon war or something yeah, it's also not exactly. a situation where the u.s can really go in like it's not a country that's easy to overthrow a government and it's a you know so iran by war so iran yeah it's a huge country when with a great sure. like, military you know yeah so they did it no, in 1953 I, yeah. you know and they they had the failed the cia is not up to its game then it's it was better in 1953 we're we've lost our luster <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, and there was a failed attempt to rescue the hostages, I think, in 1980. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Carter. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we don't want it to ever get to these points, but look at the world. My gosh. Can we send Ben Affleck over? Because he did that movie Argo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I and mean, he, people think he's really smart because he can that, get so. him out. <laughs> we just got to build. Is there a Dunkin' Donuts in Tehran? Because that <laughs> way Ben Affleck will Sunday go. Sunday will have all of those things. I mean, that's what I think. Sunday, sometimes I'm like, well, what'll, you know, if it, if it all gets overthrown and I hope it does, I'm going to like walk down, walk down Tehran, the streets of Tehran, and oh, here's Starbucks, here's Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. And you're going to be like, oh, like, good old days. Remember those days? Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be like almost like every other major city. And I mean, I'm not saying that is a bad thing, but I'm like, sometimes I think about that and I'm like, yep, that's what's going to come in. It's all the Western companies and there, all their There's no middle ground ever with any of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, Thank you're you so much for doing trainer. the show. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Do we, is I'm trying to think of what, like, obviously a power vacuum would be created pretty immediately. If this did work, I don't know who steps in. Is there any ideas? I I think there, there are people. I don't think they're in Iran. I There's think people who are ready who want the monarchy back. We right. still have monarchists I mean, uh, yeah. who want, you know, the son of the Shah. Oh. Who I, I Can we send King Charles monster. over? Give him a job. <laughs> King Charles? No. Give him a job. Yeah. King Charles, you know. What about Harry and Megan? The Isn't the son of the Shah in America now? Is that? Yeah, the son. Yeah, he lives in the U.S. I, um, oh. I think he might live in the Boston area, actually, oh. which is where I live. Thirty um, under thirty. Yeah, lives? We still have monarchists who want him back, um, and then there are these different groups what? that I imagine will go for a power grab. Who knows? I think people in the country are like, "If hey, you diaspora, get out of here!" And I don't blame right. them. Who are yeah. these people who've been outside wanting to come? Right. In That's what happened with Iraq. There was people who were outside the country, and we thought, "Oh, we'll send them back." and doesn't always work that way. I yeah. mean, there was that guy. Um, was well, who was the guy we killed like two years ago? Soleimani, that Trump killed. Who was like the middle military leader? Was, oh, like, and nothing. And everyone was like, "This is going to start World War Three," and then nothing happened. It was like the one thing Trump did that like didn't actually mm. start. World War. We assassinated like, like the head of their like secret. Right. Elite, yeah, I had forgotten yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So you I, never really know which thing will be the impetus. Like yeah. you get that guy, and it didn't cause a major shift yeah. but Mahsa Amini this, exactly order, Somehow you know, Trump a didn't, regular yeah. <laughs> 22 year old young woman got killed and look what's happened 
Yeah. So maybe there's a leader out there. We don't even, we can't predict, I guess. Well, yes. if you want to take over Iran, write us in, subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> uh, if you're a monarchist, you know, if you're like the Shaw's well, like 20, dipshit grandkid, for $20 a, a month will be, we'll your, support uh, you. what the, the will be your platform. What is it like that when, you know, yeah. when Trump used to go on Howard Stern and that's kind of how he got going, Back that's in. what we'll do for you. Yeah. Come on our show. We will bring you on. We'll talk about the good old days. We'll give you a 30 second ad. <laughs> To yeah, make we your don't case. believe in the hijab. So, yeah, all right. Well, case. thank you so much, uh, Tisa Hamid. Thank you for doing the show. Thank you for taking your time out of your schedule, uh, running a consulting firm, not just an average comedian yeah. anymore. Uh, you've moved yeah, on to bigger yeah. and better things. You've got a real, real uh, smart. So this person. has been super informative and fun. Thank you for doing it. And Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah it's a blast. If something positive happens, we'll have you back. I'd love that. Yeah. That would be great. You'll be our first call, Kaplan. That's it. What should we do? So how do I say uh, get lost in Farsi? <laughs> it's get not lost. called Farsi. <laughs> and I read. Wait, I sorry. Oh I right, it. it's Persian, not Persian. Farsi. Yeah, get lost. I can't believe it. My brain is not switching to Persian right now. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. I was trying. I forgot. I was going to say it in Persian. And I screwed it up again. Anyway, get lost on that. <laughs> get note. lost, everybody. 